A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Are you sick of feeling controlled by alcohol? Do you want to drink less? Do you wake up on a Sunday morning feeling really anxious and full of regret? I'm Danny Carr and welcome to my podcast, How I Quit Alcohol. Hi, and welcome back to How I Quit Alcohol. Today in the Zoom room, I'm joined by the extraordinary Jason Quinn. Hi, Jason. (laughs) And hello, everyone. Uh, Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Jason is the creator of Etch Sparkling Beverages, which I've posted about you guys before on my Instagram account. And have I've also ordered some of those drinks before and absolutely love them. And it was your wife, Andy, who sent me your story. It was an article you had done for Hello Sunday Morning. Yeah, no, that was my article. I wrote that for Hello Sunday Morning. Yeah. It was an amazing story. So we'll delve into that. But yeah. so thank you for joining us. And you're down in the Mornington Peninsula. It's an honor to be here. I am on the Mornington Peninsula. We are still in stage four lockdown in, this, oh. uh, in these challenging times, but we've got some wonderful numbers coming through this week, um, low low numbers, and hopefully we'll be uh, moving to some next steps of uh, stage three uh, in the next week or so. It's a numbers game, isn't it, at the moment? It's all like, could you tell, take our audience through your relationship with alcohol and how it started? Like, let's go mm. from your first drink. My, my first drink? I guess that's that's going back to experimentation days, you know, as, as a teenager, I guess. I'm going to say that's probably quite a common start for people with uh, friendship groups and just looking at what, you know, you see adults do and, and uh, this, the, the influence of booze in our culture around sporting clubs, celebrations, you know, uh, gatherings. I guess that was always linked to positive environments and people having a good time. So, and, and I guess um, as, as a teenager, you look at that and you go, right, oh, well, that must mean if you, you know, I, I want to grow up. I want to I become a big kid. So yeah. 
You want to be an adult? Yeah, I reckon. Yeah. I reckon that's probably a reasonable start, and uh, I probably need to say up front that you know, really, from a growing up perspective, I was really fortunate. I had a, I've got a wonderful family um, you know, coming from the suburbs of Melbourne. Went to a nice school, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So quite normal. Uh, yep. Sorry, if, if you can say that. Um, I guess what I'm trying to pinpoint here is no trauma. Mm-hmm. So I want to paint a picture of inverted commas again, normality uh, mm-hmm. to an extent. So then I went over my relationship with alcohol was I went over to study at Adelaide. I was studying at the Adelaide Conservatorium. And oh, what went, were you studying? Uh, music. J- uh, wow. Jazz. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you play? Uh, guitar. Oh, wow. Yeah, I love yeah, a bit yeah. of jazz guitar. I love those big yeah. fat body guitars. They're That's the one. Yeah. Oh, gorgeous. Yeah. And um, when I went over there, I hooked up with the, this crew up in Roseworthy, uh, these guys studying winemaking and viticulture. And, geez, they were a fun fun group mm. and just fell into the romance of growing, you know, growing things, the land and, and making something from the produce. And, and that just fascinated me. So mm. when I came back to Melbourne, you know, I wasn't good enough to become a professional musician. I was, so I thought, well, right, what am I going to do? So I came out straight out of uni and uh, knocked on the door, got my forklift licence, started washing barrels and tanks, became a, what, what you call a cellar rat, and wow. uh, started working in wineries. So that was, yeah, that was straight after uni and um, really just fell in love with the industry. It's such a wonderful industry. And Australia makes wonderful wine. Um, it does. I know that because I've enjoyed many of them uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the past. <laughs> So, so from there, yeah, re- really then studied again um, and continued along the wine journey, working for small family businesses and then through a career path ended up working, you know, went to really the top of my game in some of the corporate um, companies in Australia and overseas too. Mm. So that was a 20, that, yeah, from what ended up a left-hand turn at the Adelaide Conservatorium, into a different career direction, uh, ended up being a 23-year career to where we are now. So I'm just envisaging, like, you know, slow living, bit of jazz music, you know, nice wine. I mean, that sounds beautiful. What's wrong with that? Uh, where does it go bad? <laughs> Tell me where, when it turned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're right. I mean, mo- for many, um, the lovely picture you just described is, is true to an extent but what happened for me was this word called progression or ah, massive mm-hmm. side of it yes and on reflection i think it's if i go through my decades the 20s it was all about just working hard playing hard on the weekends surfing going to the pub on a friday night after you've worked really hard all week um seeing your friends again celebration it might be a sunday roast with the family etc that was that was the 20s relationship 30s, uh, met my wife, uh, we got married, we started getting a bit serious, having to become a, a, a real adult, you know, buying houses and uh, progressing career and all these sorts of things. And I guess what happened for me then at that stage, life's pressure started to dial up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at that stage, I reckon it wasn't until late 30s on reflection that really my use of alcohol went from social to medicinal. Mm. Then in my 40s, 
that's when life was really serious. I am this dude, right? I've got this business card and I've got this title and um, I'm high-functioning of, you know, global travel and I've got this area of responsibility and, wow, look at me. But on the inside, when I reflect, yeah, my achievements were directly proportionate to my alcohol consumption too. Wow, so the higher the achievements got, the more the consumption got. Absolutely. Yeah. There's something with adulting, you know, becoming adults that, um, and I've covered this in some of the other podcasts as well, we start to lose sight of our little joys and the little joys that we had when we were younger and, and these big yeah. responsibilities start yeah. to, to grey those out. The more of the joy we lose, we start looking for it in alcohol and that's Jesus, when things that's a good point. That's such a great word, joy. In, in the end, I can't, yeah. I even said this to my wife, Andy, that I've, I haven't felt joy for years. Yeah. And here I was, a guy with a great job, cars in the garage, a house, a career, global travel to France, Fiji, New Zealand, Australia was my area of responsibility. Yeah. How could I have not felt joy? Yeah, you ungrateful git. You ungrateful git. <laughs> I was battling this um, battle that was in between my own ears. Mm, absolutely. Aren't we all? And that's the thing. I think when the joy does dial down and you think you should be feeling joyful because you've got all this stuff, you've got the great house and the great cars and everything like that, but something, I don't know, there's just some disconnect that happens. We're suddenly so disconnected from our core essence because that has taken over. Well, I mean, that's so true. It's this empty black hole. Absolutely, yeah. What I felt like that in that time when I was going through the, uh, the progression of seriousness and being an, an, an adult male, mm. and, and I say that on purpose because it's a perspective that it's self-imposed, yeah. so I should be this because I am that, and therefore yeah. I need to be able to provide her and I need to be this, I need to be strong, I need, to be, I need not to be vulnerable, I need not to be weak, I need not to be exposed. Mm. Yeah. Um, therefore, consume alcohol and all that stuff goes away. Yeah, until you can learn to be the vulnerable person and find the joy, it takes a while. But so many people I speak to are now currently just like, but I just love it, particularly wine drinkers, because there's this thing around wine, like, you know, that wine is so sophisticated. And but mm. at the end of the day, like you could spend $60 on a bottle of wine. At the end of the day, you're still a wino, <laughs> like, you know, if, if it's getting the better of you. You know, at one stage, you probably did really value those $60 bottles of wine, but at the end, it could have been a cask. I wasn't consuming for the flavour profile or the palate structure. I was consuming to escape. Yeah. In my early days of listening to people talk, it's about listening for, listening for the similarities, not the differences. And with me at a certain point, it went from the quality assessment through to just that escapism mm. because I couldn't cope with uh, being honest. Yeah, it's a nice thing to hide behind too that I'm doing it for my work but then that other thing takes over and you're doing it for other reasons, the escapism. And it's the perfect cover having that for a job as well. You have to do it. Yeah. Yeah, so that's super challenging. So then then where? What happened? (laughs) So I guess where where did we left off? We left off, so we started late 30s, getting a bit serious, consumption dialed up, achievements were dialing up. Things were getting pretty serious. 40s, early 40s was when the little voice in my head started going off, going, hang on, there's something a bit unsustainable about this. I can't keep this up Mm. forever. I'm starting to become a bit overweight. Um, I'm getting bags under my eyes. My skin colour is changing. My eye colour is changing. 
my relationship with my wife and um, friends are probably changing. And, and what, I, what I mean by that is I wasn't being present in my honest relationships. I was the continual businessman. It was always just um, goal, action, drive, achieve, next. That, that was pretty much it. So I was never really truly engaged or present. Mm. And because that's another form of escapism. It's just mm. I didn't want to deal with the reality. So early 40s, yeah, I, I knew something was not, could I picture myself in my 50s and 60s like this? No. Mm. I knew something had to change deep down, but I just didn't want to deal with it yet. Too oh hard. God. I don't yeah. want to open up that Pandora's box yet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all the things of exposure of vulnerabilities, I was worried about my career. I was worried about my finances, about giving up my job and my income. I was worried about what people would think of me. There's all these fears again that were just in my own head. Yeah. And, and that build-up took quite a while to able to um, build up enough courage to, when I was in 2017, Christmas 2017, I said to Andy, my wife, I've got a problem with booze. I can't stop drinking. I need some help. And was she aware already? Like she, she what? She wasn't to the extent mm. because my um, tolerance, as you consume a lot, your tolerance goes up. So she, I would have you know the classic. There'd be a bottle in my office. I'd be the good, you know, the good husband, right? I'd start cooking dinner and I'd open up a bottle of wine and a bottle of wine in the kitchen. Mm. I might have a glass of wine while I'm cooking dinner. What a good guy! But <laughs> you know, there was a bottle open in the office and a bottle open in the pool shed and a bottle open in the garage. So I could never get checked about what volume yeah. was actually going on. Yeah. And, yeah. and these were all the tricks that when I well and truly crossed the line, crossed the line by that point, those are the sort of things, the behaviours that I knew, hang on, that's, that's not me, that's a really sick person, but I just I couldn't stop it. How scary. I mean, that is so scary. Oh, frightening. And, and this is probably where, geez, this is a tough word to say, I now am quite comfortable to say it. I'm an alcoholic because of those behaviours. Wow, yeah. All that time, I really struggled with that word. But at that point in December 2017, when I said to Andy, I've got a problem and I need to stop, I need some help, that's when it actually really showed how strong the progression of Mm. the disease had become because I couldn't stop and my behaviours changed. So all those things like hiding, um, lying to myself and lying, lying it's not, that's, that's not my core essence. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You were saying too, it's scary. There's so much fear around quitting. You know, it's what will people think of me and, and this is my identity and this is who I am. When that fear of, oh, God, this is me, I, this, the, the fear of the person who you've become, it almost has to outweigh the fear of the other stuff for you to go, fuck, no, this is enough. Fear, it's such a driver in so many ways that it stops us doing so many things and achieving so many things. But then it seems in your case that it actually propelled you on to for becoming sober. Yeah, well, I guess, you know, I've, I've mentioned some analogies about um, we're all on, on the same train. It depends mm. on which station you're going to get off. Yeah, yep. that was great. <laughs> and and um, oh, look, I can't claim it. I've, there's so many wonderful sayings out there when you start talking to people who are a bit enlightened and have tread the path before you that's that's all mm. i do is just following the taillights of others mm. um and and it's worked but but for me i was fortunate that in 2017 I had that enough courage to say i need to need some help then the battle really started and i was able to get off the train 
So mm. I haven't, I didn't lose my wife. I did change my career for yeah. obvious reasons. They, they, they call them the yet. Haven't, haven't lost my job yet. Haven't lost my house yet. Haven't lost yeah. my health yet. All these sorts of things. They're, they're on the train line. Yeah, it's like you got in just in the nick of time. Just in the nick of time. Yeah. So how you must have felt like you were standing on this great abyss and just diving into this huge unknown, as particularly with that's your job and your income. Yeah. In the wine, you know, in the wine yeah. industry. So how had you set up something else before you decided to? You were just like, I'm out, resigning. Now this isn't great for podcasts, but I'm just showing Danny here my recovery book, which has got lots of um, awesome notes written in here it's an amazing text i just jotted down a diarized from that first period in 2017 right through all of this thinking these questions and for me it really worked to write things down yes and 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 now that when i look back i can actually see how sick i was yeah even though from the outside in i was looking really normal from the from the outside world um but from the inside geez i was my thinking was not great uh, so, yeah, so for career, um, um, inspiration, diarising, just where you're at at the time, goals, all these sorts of things are really important for you to write down. Absolutely. I was the same with our journey, and that's why I've actually, just in the process it's about to be released, it's the How I Quit Alcohol playbook because that was instrumental in our in us becoming sober. So Ash and I would write down every day. We had a list of gratitudes, just journaling all the feelings. I'd be reading constantly, writing down quotes. I was just trying to keep the input going, but also the output of, you know, and it's so interesting, like you say, to read back and Mm. look at how far you've come. And Mm. remember at the start, I wrote down the vision of myself, the person that I wanted to become because I was so disconnected that I just so desperately wanted to reconnect to myself Mm. and to my joy that I knew that she was there, but I had to get a very clear vision of this girl. So I wrote it down at the start of the journal and I could just cry every time I go back and read that. And sometimes when I felt wobbly, I'd go back and read that because it would just reinforce to me, no, no, you're on the right path and this is hard. Fuck, it's hard sometimes, but, you know, this is where you want to be and keep going. So the journal, I couldn't stress that enough for people. The journaling is just such a great part of the recovery process. But isn't that interesting how you know who you truly are as an authentic person. Mm. I knew who I was as an authentic person, but my behaviours at the time weren't replicating that. Yeah. Because I, could, I was separating out into this real world. Yeah, it's like you start, the, for me, you know, the bravado and we're heavily involved in the music industry and so obviously there comes a lot of, there's a lot of partying, of um, drinking, drug taking, whatever, in that industry. And that just becomes part of the norm growing up in their cultures grew up in Castle Maine, you start to become this person that you're not, you're just not, and you don't recognise that person anymore. Like I was waking yeah. up thinking, who the fuck is this? And I don't want to be Danny the drinker, the trash bag, and the one that lets you down or says too much and acts inappropriately. I I'm actually not that person. Over decades of drinking, that had become my identity, but mm. that wasn't really me. That wasn't my true essence. So it's big, you know, when you let go of that stuff, that's no. such kind of the biggest part two words rigorous honesty yeah (laughs) and i tell you what it took me it's taken me years to truly understand what that means and Mm. have courage Mm. to actually uh understand it and then live it totally yeah the liberation the freedom you get when you actually find joy again and when you find who you really are and then live to those values on a daily basis man it is just the best 
Isn't it beautiful? It's like the most incredible thing. <laughs> all those, so, so the past that I had with food and the career and the friends that I've got in the industry, that, that was a set period of time. The danger period, and this is really critical, it was only a several year time frame, mm. but the pace and the degradation of where it took me, it was nearly life and death, seriously. Yeah. You know, and that was only a short span of time. So it's a pretty serious problem if it, when it, when it gets out of control. For me, it's, I'll come back to that word progression. It was just it built up, you know. I always try and talk about me, so it's not others, but I do have other friends who might have a, a beer at kind of, might, might have been a Thursday or a Friday night to make up to, to work. It's stressful and then that turns into Monday or Tuesday and then it goes from one to two or three or that's the progression. Oh, this, the nature of alcohol is just so progressive that it comes and bites you on the ass quicker than you're even. And even like even being a binge drinker, that was the classic binge drinker. So I could go great, you know, huge times without drinking. And then, okay, no, I'm good. I've got this. And boom. And it was getting worse and worse. Like the blackouts would get worse and worse. And mm. just the amount that was consumed, or it just gets worse because it is so progressive in its nature. And it's, it's a sneaky bitch. That's what I always say. It's a sneaky little bitch. And she just comes up and bites you on the bum yeah. quicker than, you know, you're like, how did that happen? You know, how the hell did that happen? Who yeah. am I? I can totally relate to, with you know, and where you are at, with your relationship. We were borderline breaking up as well. It was a really difficult time on so many levels, but far out, just on every level, everything has just changed. And yeah. just literally every part of my life has changed so completely for the better. Yep. What was the, what's the one thing that's missing? Alcohol. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. For you, do you miss it? There is not one thing I miss now, no. And the only reason I'm hesitating, I'm just trying to think of all of this, it's the scenarios that I might have missed. But now I've placed myself in different scenarios. And what I'm talking about here is dinner parties or, or functions or events. And early days I found that the poor me, this and this is the weak side when you haven't got a good cloak of defence sobriety on. If you yeah. slip into everyone else is drinking and, and I can't. I need it to be able to loosen up and have fun or converse mm. with people or whatever the thing is. If you get the poor me's, that's a really shaky spot to be in. Yeah, yeah. How do you combat that for people that are listening? Yep, yep, yep. So early days, so first few months up to a year, probably having a very clear set of boundaries that you understand beforehand. So mm-hmm. if you're going to a, a, a party or something, having escape plans or, or just don't go. Uh, you know, they say if you hang out at a barber long enough, you're going to get a haircut. That's a great one. <laughs> um, just, just you, you do need to be really super careful and, and, and really the investment is worth it. you just got to stick out those first few months in that first year. Mm. Then once you've got some time up and you're fine of being around it because it is around us in Australia, it's around us all, all the time, Really, it's just participating in the ritual. As, as long as you're just standing at a barbie and you've got something in your hand that looks adult and sophisticated, then really you don't get questioned. You can have a good conversation. Once the words start getting slurry and people can't, you know, they're hard to understand, just bug out. Get out of there. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So obviously is that how Etch came about, how the non-alcoholic yeah. drinks yeah, come about. Tell us about that because that's just so, I mean, what an awesome thing you've done and they're, they're beautiful drinks and it looks like you guys are smashing it. So congratulations. <laughs> it's awesome. What I love, I love on the website, I was showing a friend the other day, we were talking about how the, the tasting notes. Mm. I love that because that's, I mean, I'm a bit of a foodie. So I used to love doing degustations and wine matching, you know, the wine mm. pairing. I love that. Well, we've unashamedly pinched and borrowed a lot from the, my old 
category yeah. because uh, as an adult, that's what I want. I want the information. I want to know what it pairs with. And this was what third edge on at the start was I just was sick of going out and just having water and water yeah. and mm. water and, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, being a, a health sort of person, it's funny in the whole context of the conversation, but I don't I traditionally haven't had many uh, soft drinks and sugary drinks. You have one and then that, that's it. But so I wasn't drinking sugary drinks and was getting bored with water. So that was back to my trusty uh, recovery book when I was writing about journaling and just spitballing where to from here. There was things like gardening and horticulture, uh, all sorts, all, all sorts of stuff. But music back again, back, back into music. Uh, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. Yes, that's and then, great. And then uh, really, it was like, well, why throw the, all of that no, twenty-three years of knowledge and skills in production, marketing, sales, business management out? When Andy says this thing, what creates something you wish hasn't been invented or something like that. Anyway, this whole gap in the market, we thought, well, hang on, I'm missing a nice adult non-alcoholic drink. Well, let's make one. Mm, that's and, so, so cool. And we came up with the word etch and Andy just, you know, I don't know, just dreamt the acronym every time to health and it was like, Bingo. Yep, that's it. At that time, we were also hanging out with a, a local Aboriginal fellow down here who's teaching me a lot about native plants and we're doing some bushwalks and I was doing lots of bushwalking to help me mentally just reconnect with the nature mm. just to find my um find my balance again my true core. So any, anyway, we we're talking about native plants at the same time and, and so we combined native plants, non-alcohol, no sugar. So cool. It's so awesome. So well, well done. I think the more that these non-alcoholic drinks are available, Ash and I went and did a, a degustation in Pottsville recently and they had the whole menu. They had pairings with different non-alcoholic drinks. And we also did, I went to Bray down at Belbray. Have you been there? Yeah, yeah. They have the most insane non-alcoholic, you know, the, the pairing and it's fantastic and it's becoming more and more available now, which is awesome. Absolutely. It's really great. Well, I mean, the, one of the early statistics in the R&D image that was that, it blew me away. It was that twenty three percent of Australians over the age of eighteen haven't consumed booze in the last twelve months. And I was like, "No way, get out of here!" Yeah, I'm surprised by that. Who is that? One in four people. Actually, look at it. It's you know when you consider cultural backgrounds, religious backgrounds, mm. people on health kicks. It's it certainly it's it's there. It's an emerging category, um, and there is a lot. There's a market out there. Oh wow, yeah, that's it's. I absolutely agree, and I think it's yeah, really cool thing to. Be in, and it's a great time now to be doing what you're doing. And you're going to be bringing out more a broader range, or are they coming? Yeah, there's NPD. You know, we've got different. We're we're just we're at the start of learning about native Australian plants, so we're really trying to um, gain as much knowledge as we can. And the more we do, the more we find that basically superfoods in their own right, um, from mm. the health and well-being perspective, uh, mineral vitamins. Mm. As far as sustainable farming goes, you know, these plants grow in areas that where they're they naturally grow, so you don't yeah. need soil manipulation, irrigation, all these sorts of things. It's just wonderful attributes of this plant. Yeah, that's such a cool thing. It's a great backstory too. And the fact that you've done all that research into native plants and things like that, it's really beautiful. So well done. Thank you. Really, at the core of it, it's about just trying to destigmatize the social occasion. So you can have you can choose to have an alcohol drink if you want, if you're safe to do so. Mm. But you know, if you're getting up early to run a marathon in the morning or whatever, you can have something else. Or if you're a non-drinker like me now, you can have this. It's, it's yeah. just one of the people options that are, are nice, tasty, delicious options out there. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's just nice to have that option, yeah, and not have to drink Coke or, you know, a friend of mine, she's in WA and she's saying, fuck, I'm sick to death of it. She's sort of kind of up near Exmouth up that area. But she's like, you go out and you can, if you want non-alcoholic, it's like Coke or Fanta or water. And she's just like, ah, I was telling her about you guys. I think she might've ordered some actually. Yeah. It's great to have those options. Absolutely. It's so part of our culture, as you're saying in Australia with all the advertising and as you say, sporting events and things like that, it's just so, it's just what we do as a nation. We get together. It's how we celebrate and it's our rituals. It's really unfortunate because it just dumbs us down so much and but maybe generationally are we on a verge of a change? Who knows? Maybe I think we are, you know. With technology, with phones, I understand that, um, you know, I'm in the, of my ex, uh, the younger generations don't consume as much booze anymore. We can see lots more big branded beverages with 0% ABV drinks now. So obviously if the smart market is that the big companies know it, um, it's yeah, here. So that's an encouraged sign for, for health and wellbeing and the change in Aussie culture. Absolutely, which would be beautiful. Some of my nieces and nephews, they just don't drink. And our family is a big drinking family. We're binge drinkers. Um, They're all in their early 20s and some of them drink a lot and then others just, they just don't do it. They're just not interested in it. And I think that's so awesome. And they don't even feel funny about it because their friends don't either. And it's really awesome. It's just really encouraging. And the more that people are doing like what you're doing, I think it's just fantastic oh thank you and that's why i love talking about it and hopefully someone connects along their journey the more that i don't mind putting putting it out there about vulnerabilities and sharing Mm. the challenges challenges that i faced and then methods on recovery and then really the benefits of recovery and i wish i didn't have to go through what i went through to get here but wow um to change it now If, if i didn't have that breakdown I wonder whether I would have been strong enough to make the changes that I needed to find the true me. Probably would have just lived the existed versus lived. Yeah. I probably would never have gone out on a limb and started my own business with my wife and, and created all these new connections with wonderful people across Australia. I probably would have just stayed in that lovely, comfortable job that you get paid on the 14th of the month. I'm not sure, but the joy of sobriety, the joy of finding myself is um, it's really it's a big thing for men too especially men there's you know still that traditional um expectation of being the provider and, and it's a huge it's it becomes huge particularly for the things we we're talking about before and you get to around 40 years old and you're really adulting now it's like serious mm-hmm. and I, I think you know it's hard for women as well but definitely I just feel like men and the more men that I talk to if there is that space available to them to be a bit more vulnerable, not having to hide behind alcohol and numb themselves, you know, or to forget or whatever it is to escape. But if that conversation is there for men to just be like yourself, just more open and and, and vulnerable, I think that would solve a lot of those issues as well because so many men, especially in our generation and older, they're, that's how they're programmed, you know, shut up, to have a drink and get on, on with it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, what about tapping back into that little boy, or you know, to the little girl, and yeah, you know, that little kid was so much having such a great time and in living in the moment, and you know, it's just life just gets really fucking hard. And look, so what about with Andy? Was she a big drinker? No, I, I met Andy in the wine industry. She was working at another winery, and uh, but she would always uh, 
no, no, she just have a, have a glass of two here or there. Um, and I think because my consumption was so high, she went the other way and would right. not. And so there was never, if we went out, uh, there was <laughs> never an argument who who's the driver because it wouldn't be me. Um, no questions asked. No question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So really, uh, Andy supported me and, and stopped consuming as well at the same time. That was my it's next wonderful. question. Yeah. Um, so we don't have a drop in the house at all. Um, awesome. Even, you know, my family really... Early days don't consume it all around. Yeah, and it's not a purposeful. I think they're just every, everyone's. It's it shocked so many people that they thought, "Geez, how, how did that happen to you?" Yeah, that people have just had a bit of a check in themselves, and because they didn't go so far down the line as I did, they they were able to easily just adjust their everyday behaviour, and they might still have a drink, no drama. No, it certainly changed behavioural patterns and just around. Maybe that's because I'm a 40, what am I? Forty-seven year old male now too. I'm not going to nightclubs or pubs to socialise or meet or connect or whatever. I've got a different set of in, in my life, so it, w- it would be tougher. I would have thought um, a few decades ago. Yeah, right. Absolutely. What's been the biggest challenge for you in your sobriety? The biggest challenge is the early days on facing facts and being truthful with myself doing what I was told, not what I wanted to do, <laughs> understanding that I needed to want sobriety, not need sobriety. You know, when I, I spoke about that early 2017 scenario, I didn't succeed first up in 2017. My sober date is uh, 21 November 2018. So it took another nearly year of um, challenge because at that time I was not I did. I was doing it for others versus doing it for myself. Mm. And then, even in the first year of sobriety, when you're white knuckling it, almost you know, daily, hourly, in the early days, you need to have enough strength to get through that. And then have some mechanisms and learnings. Get professional help. But you know, I, I certainly saw medical practitioners to help. Um, I went to a rehab for a month to get some help and some strategies. And then, then I actually wanted it. I got a taste of sobriety and wanted it, and from there, have not looked back. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, so, so I guess the biggest challenge, is that, as you're, you're talking about, it, is probably just being honest with myself and then learning to work on myself authentically. Mm, and then once you get a, once you get a roll, like the spiral of alcoholism goes, you're going spiraling down. That pushes the trip the other way. Yeah. So I know we sort of covered this a little bit before, but just if you could just give a recap of how much life has changed for you for the better. Yeah, thank you. Well, <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it's an interesting one, isn't it? You can get that talking about all the, the crash and bash stuff. Um, and I guess in a context like this, that's where you want to try and relate to people who might be either it's you or whether it's someone, a loved one, who you can relate to some of a component of it. But geez, the benefits on the other side. Um, I am now present. My body's healed. I've dropped a heap of weight. Well, not heap, you know, there's not much of me anyway, but my skin colour's back, my eyes. I was going to say, you look really healthy. Sorry, it's butted in on you there, but you've got amazing skin. And when you said you're 47, I was like, what? You don't look 47, so it's working for you. There's a, I've got a, um, a blog on Channel One Sober in the Country, where so do help okay to say no in rural Australia. Uh, and I've got a photo on there where it's, it was me at 39. Um, hosting customers at the Melbourne Cup Carnival, and then me at I think of forty six, and it's just, it's just wow, super powerful just to look at 
Can what you send happened? me those? Can oh, I put sure, those on, sure. the, on their Instagram? That would be really good. Yeah, it's pretty funny. It, it, it is cutting out the food. Is it? So, so health, um, yeah, the, my liver function is then. Bloods are normal. Cholesterol's down. Blood pressure's down. Physically back. Mentally more astute. Having honest conversations with multiple and family and friends. And you know what? Life's not rosy, right? We're in the middle of COVID. We're in lockdown. So mm. thank God I'm sober. Thank God I've got, I can sense when I'm not feeling right and I've got strategies now to actually feel it, mm. think through it, act the right way, just mm. do the next right thing versus denial, drink, consume, numb. Mm. That's the, that's the, I'm so glad that I'm so busy. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have any strategies for people that are struggling with their sobriety? You know, there's a lot of binge drinking going on during COVID. And particularly people in Melbourne are really struggling with depression and things like that at the moment. Any, you know, any advice for those people? You know, I'm not an expert at all. I'm just an average bloke who's been through a journey. What I do is if I feel down, I just think, what's the next right thing? Just mm. do the next right thing. What is the next right thing? It might be if, if you're feeling terrible, go and have a sleep, rest, eat, don't get hungry, don't get lonely, pick up the phone, don't get tired. They call them the holes. Little, little things like that. Moving exercise is really important. At the moment in Melbourne, we're allowed, well, now we're allowed out two hours a day, which is great. Movement exercise was really important to me. Um, yeah. Just moving it right thing. And time will pass. This too shall pass. COVID mm. will pass. Yes. Um, have faith and hope for the future. Hope, optimism, do the next right thing. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really solid advice. That's fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. Last question, going back in time and going back to Jason, who's, you know, on the border of becoming this full-blown drinker, mm-hmm. you know, and you can see him there in, in that state. If you could go back and talk to him and give him some advice, what would you say? Listen to that inner voice. Act on that inner voice. Have courage. Those that mind don't matter. Those that matter don't mind. Oh, that's good. Just, I guess that's a summary of just having enough strength and courage to be truthful to yourself and then have, mm. having optimism that the world's actually fundamentally good, you'll get yeah. through it. Yeah, that's so, that's so beautiful. Oh, my God, I nearly started crying. Holy the shit. Thing, when I read back through this book, and I'm holding it up, everyone, again, the only thing that's changed from the start of this book to the end of this book is my perspective. I've still got the same two cars in the driveway. Thank God I've still got the same wife and the same two kids. All that's changed is from near death to uh, optimism and hope is my change in perspective. Absolutely. Yeah, that's sometimes when we're talking to people and I do a bit of coaching, it's just your perception, you know. It's like a belief is just a thought and a thought can be changed that easy. It's just somehow tapping into that because people think it's just so hard. But sometimes what's the option here? You know, the option is to keep going as you're going and as we say in the progressive nature, it's just mm. going to get worse for a lot of people. Changing that perception and changing that, okay, and I'm not giving anything up, I'm giving myself this beautiful, wonderful gift mm. is the best way of changing your perspective. And that's all, that's it. It's yep. easy. Once yep. you get that that mindset change, like how you're saying you're white-knuckling it there for a while, that's mm. not the way to go about it. It's, it's You mm. have to change that, the mindset really. It all stems from there. Yep. That's amazing. I love I love that you're a journaler as well. It's fantastic. I'm going to put links up on the show notes to your website um, you. if anyone's wanting to check out what you're doing with Etch Sparkling. Um, I know I'll be back there placing an order again soon. <laughs> I was actually going to have one here while we were doing the interview and my bloody daughter stole the last one. Uh, 
That's right. We'll send some up. I'll re- I'm going to restock. But, um, yeah, that was fabulous. I'll also put up links for the How I Quit Alcohol playbook, um, which is available pre-order for people wanting to journal. But you absolutely don't need that. You can just grab any old piece of paper or any shitty notebook from the supermarket will do as well. But just start writing those thoughts down and vision for yourself down. Just get it all down. Okay. Keep going with it every day. It's part of my ritual and it's, you know, has been for a while and I love it. Great. Well, thank um, you for having me, Dave. Yeah, it's just been brilliant. I really hope to meet you guys one day when we're back down, if we're allowed back into Victoria anytime, yes. <laughs> anytime soon. I think Ash had some shows scheduled for down near Mornington. but um, Yes, he did. There's, but there's some posters around here that uh, are still standing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully that'll happen. We'll definitely catch up and I'll organise tickets for you guys for the show. Too. Thank you. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Take care. See you later. Thanks, Danny. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.